the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, the Finance Coast and Mohamed Nala. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. For those looking to take their market and business knowledge to the next level, we offer Magic Markets Premium, a research reports and podcast library that nearly has 100 reports in it and a new one every week, all available for just 99 Rand a month. Recent reports have included the likes of Kroger, Deer & Co, Foot Locker, McDonald's, UPS, Apple, Meta, Johnson & Johnson & Swatch. With broad variety and deep research, this is perfect for anyone looking to go to the next level. We invite you to join us in Magic Markets Premium. Go to magic-markets.com to subscribe. This episode of Magic Markets is brought to you by B2IT. Have you heard of Robotic Process Automation or RPA? It taps into the incredible potential of artificial intelligence to effortlessly handle those never-ending, monotonous tasks. Or as B2IT put it, they make robots so people don't have to be robots. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. We thank B2IT for their support of Magic Markets. Welcome to episode 164 of Magic Markets. This episode brought to you by our friends at B2IT who have done a great job of supporting us in going off and doing these interesting shows where we each go and uh, research a couple of stocks, Mo, and then bring them to the show. My voice is a little bit dicey this week, so maybe I should have done pharmacy stocks because I suspect the pharmacy is in my very immediate future. But actually, we did sort of DIY and home improvement building materials stocks. And to be honest, by the time you finish looking at some of those stats for South Africa, you might also need the pharmacy. Yeah, indeed, Ghost. I thought this is still relevant to you. I know you moved reasonably recently. You've had some Home Depot type stuff going on. And so maybe you're providing some support, although I can't see that support when I look at some of the home improvement stocks down in South Africa. But when we look at a stock like Home Depot up in the US, you know that's done really, really well. I'm quite excited to get into that. But let's maybe first start off with some of the stuff you're covering down there. And then I'll jump into Home Depot and we can try and contrast how the South African market compares to the North American market. Now, I'm happily renting, Mo, and that's half the problem, is a lot of people are happily renting right now, certainly if I look at my peer group, so we'll get into that. But before I get into the specific stocks, I actually want to set the scene a little bit when we're looking at South African retailers. So buckle up, because there are some stats here from Stats SA, and they are going to be rather interesting. So for 2023, Stats SA tells us that retail sales as a whole for South Africa fell 1% year-on-year at constant prices, i.e. without inflation. So in other words, volumes were negative for the full year, for retail as a whole. Now bear in mind, this is in a country that has not just population growth, but in theory, an increase in middle class. I just don't know where they are. Maybe they're increasing onto the planes as they leave. I genuinely don't know. So we have more people, but the volumes in the formal market were negative. Now, a lot of those volumes from having more people, et cetera, is happening in the informal market, township economies and that kind of thing, which obviously Stats SA doesn't capture and which you know you can't really get by investing on the JSE. So why is this happening? Well, South Africans obviously got hammered by energy costs, finance costs, as well as just the pressures from things like healthcare and education, things we are actually paying taxes for, but they're not getting. So you have this ridiculously high effective tax rate in South Africa where you have two sources of it, You have the tax you pay on your income, and then you have the fact that you need to buy a whole lot of private services anyway. Now, the loser in all of this, South African retailers. Six of the seven types of retailers were down in 2023 in terms of volumes. Six out of seven. Worst hits, general dealers, down 2.4%. 
The only positive was textiles, clothing, footwear, and leather up 5.7%. And that's why clothing retailers have actually been reporting halfway decent results. Now, I will get to why this actually matters for the DIY and building materials side. You need to take the Stats SA descriptions with a little bit of a pinch of salt here because one of their categories is the retail of hardware, paint, and glass. I don't know why paint and glass is so important that it gets the nod there, but basically that is the DIY section, right? That is the building materials side. So if we look at the fourth quarter of 2023, then this sort of DIY building materials category was down 4.3%, and that is a horrible drop in volumes. And this for me is a period that was less impacted by the timing of COVID type issues, if you think about the lockdowns coming out in 2022, than looking at full year 2023. So the fourth quarter is a good one to look at. Now to make it even worse, nominal growth, so now we include inflation, that was minus 0.5% for the quarter. So even adding inflation to these beleaguered DIY retailers does not take them into the green. So it's really, really scary stuff. And if you need further evidence of where consumer spending has actually been going, general dealers, they saw volumes shrink 0.5% for the quarter, but that moves to 7.5% growth, including inflation. So when you've got salaries going up 4%, 5%, and then general dealers, and by the way, that's mainly grocery stores, are experiencing like 8% inflation, there is unfortunately just no money for painting the room or buying new tiles or any other home improvement stuff. So sometimes, or not sometimes, always actually, when you're taking longer term positions, you need to look at the broader environment in which these companies are operating. Because it doesn't matter how great they are if everything is shrinking. I mean, Ghost, that's just so fascinating because, you know, the, the old market adage in terms of just the, the macro outlook is that inflation tends to be good for a lot of retail players. But I think what you've just highlighted is you've got to apply a much more nuanced lens to that. You've got to say, which sector of the retail industry are you actually playing in? Because they are very different push and pull factors uh, in terms of consumer discretionary income and where they spend that money. Now, in the U.S., for example, it's actually been the opposite story. We know how the U.S. consumer has been remarkably resilient. And maybe that's what you get when you're the world's largest, let's call it largest economy that can literally print dollars and then provide lots of stimulus. And we're still seeing some of that overhang. So the retail sector as a whole in the U.S. has been remarkably strong. Now, obviously, if you go and have a look at a share price uh, on Costco, for example, that's kind of big box retail versus someone like Home Depot, you'll see some of those sectoral differences in America as well. But when you look at just Home Depot, and I'm going to jump in right now, when you look at Home Depot, it's been a really strong performer. Now, this is a stock that we've covered in Magic Markets Premium back in June 2023. So give or take nine months ago. And the stock was trading around $300 back then. We were bullish. I think we called it one for the bottom draw. And we had highlighted some target levels to the upside being $330, $380, and then even $420 as our, our kind of resistance three, really a projection number coming through there. So how has the stock actually performed? Well, we actually rallied to around $330, then corrected a little bit, and then resumed that uptrend. So still very much in a bull trend that we had identified. And it's now sitting around $380 a share. It's still in that bull channel, but it's around two standard deviations above its mean. That's just been really strong momentum that's come through. And if you just have a look at it, you know, that share price performance from when we covered it, uh, around 26%. That's pretty respectable. That's in dollar terms and really a stark contrast to what you've seen with some of the numbers you've just mentioned down in South Africa. Now, if we have a look at other metrics on a price to sales, for example, 
I would say more or less in line. There has been some multiple expansion. There was around two times. It's now around two and a half times. If you have a look at a PE multiple, for example, it was around 20 times. When we covered the stock, it's now around 24 times. So there's definitely been multiple expansion come through here. And what does that mean? It means the share price has run maybe a little bit hotter than the underlying fundamentals have actually delivered in the business. Now, this tells you that maybe the stock's looking a little bit extended in the short term. It might look a little bit pricey. But over the last four consecutive quarters, we have had earnings beat analyst expectations. And that's been four quarters in a row right now. So I guess that contributes to some of the upside momentum. I am concerned, though. And I've mentioned how the fundamentals haven't kept pace. I'm going to save the detailed look at the numbers for my next talking point. Yeah, drawing a Home Depot share price chart is just hell of a depressing if you go and chart it against some of the South African equivalents. And that's before you adjust for the currency. So once you adjust for the currency, it's even worse, right? So, you know, I kind of set the scene there with what the Stats SA stuff is telling us. What do the share prices tell us? Well, we do have a couple of local companies to look at here. So Ital Tile, that's the first obvious choice. Share price in the last five years, down 25%. Cash build, over five years, down 46%. Horrible. Now, remember, this is at a time when the RAND has lost a lot of value and inflation has been significant. So you've really been hurt here. Yes, both stocks do pay dividends and that does make the total return look less ugly, but they are still very much in the red here. Now, much to my ongoing annoyance, there's no retail index on the JSE for us to actually compare to. The Satrix top 40 ETF, well, that would have given you 35% over this period. That's plus 35%. So it really is a very nasty drop in the sort of building materials side, even versus the broad market on the JSE. Here are some other data points. Now, Mo, remember, cash build was down 46% over five years. And you love asking me to guess things. So it's my revenge today. ShopRite. What do you reckon that return is over five years? I have no idea. I don't watch it closely enough. It's up. I know that. I know the normal retail is up. And I know ShopRite has really kicked everyone else's, and you're going to pardon the language, it's kicked everyone else's butt because they're gaining market share. Most people stop shopping at pick and pay. We know how terrible that is. And we know that they're kind of trading from Woolies into ShopRite. So, you know, I know that's been the, the surprise upside. Uh, I don't have the number though. 50%. Up nearly 50% over five years. Uh, it's not that great, right? It's cool. It's okay. 10% a year, not even once you do compounding and that's in Rand. You know, so yes, stock picking here has helped you. If you were on ShopRite and short cash bill, then you are styling definitely. Clicks, that's up 66%. Despite everyone, well, not everyone, those who are short. There are many who are short wanting that valuation to finally just give up. It has a big foreign holding. And every time people look at this and say, how do these international investors keep believing in clicks? But they do. And uh, the company keeps performing and the share price has done 66% in five years. Diskim, that's up around 20% over five years. There was an ultra hot IPO on that thing a couple of years prior to the start of that period though. And there's been a lot of catching up to the valuation. So look, long story short, you wanted to be short this DIY and building sector over the past five years, definitely not long. And that's before we even take into account what has happened to the RAND. And I'm sorry to say it, but South Africans really need to start thinking about what their dollar wealth is doing. There are no prizes here for making 6 or 8% a year in RAND. It does not help you.
I mean, that's exactly why we cover global stocks in Magic Markets Premium and, and why a contrast like this is so important. Now, I indicated to you how well Home Depot is actually done on a share price basis, but let's jump into the business now because that's where the story starts to look a little bit more iffy. Now, we had a look at gross margin back when we covered the stock around nine months ago. That was around 33%, and those have stayed more or less in line, so no concerns there. But as soon as we go further down the income statement. That's where we start to see some of the cracks in the value proposition here. So if we look at operating margin, that was above 15% when we covered it. It's now below 12%. That's quite, that's quite a big swing. If we have a look at net income margins, that was around 11%. It's now down around 8%. So you can see why I'm getting concerned around the fact that you know, the re-rating has occurred, the share price has rallied, but the underlying metrics in the business haven't quite delivered on that. Then something important that we always look at, we looked at free cash flow margin. And when we looked at it, it was actually around 13.5%. It had a low around 9.5%, but we've that was about two quarters ago, but we're now around 11%. So it has improved from its lows, but 11% versus 13.5% when we covered the stock nine months ago. So there's been a lot of volatility over the course of the last four quarters, even on free cash flow. And so those kind of metrics, that kind of direction, that starts to get me a bit concerned. On the latest earnings, however, they did beat analyst expectations. So we had a consensus estimate of around $2.77 earnings per share, uh, and it beat very marginally. It came through around $2.82, but the market likes a beat. You know, a beat is a beat. Maybe analysts were a little bit bearish, and so it's always relative to what is priced into the market. Let's have a look at the top line. We actually saw revenue around $34.8 uh, $34 billion, slightly above the expected level, but it was a decrease of 2.9% from the same quarter last year. Now, the company's trying really hard to justify this, this multiple expansion that's come through. And how do they do that? Well, they've announced an increased dividend to around $9 per share annually. And this equates to around $2.25 per quarter. And it's an 8% increase from last year but it is lower than the 10% increase that they'd passed through in 2023. So all of this showing you that they're trying very desperately to keep justifying the narrative that's priced into the market. But when we have a look at the headline metrics, whether that's revenue, whether that's profit, we've actually seen declines. I mean, profit declining around 10% year on year, and this all starting to concern us. Now, what does that mean in terms of the number of feet through the door? Well, as you can assume, customer traffic has declined for the second consecutive fiscal year. And this is really a critical metric that you've got to keep in mind. You know, they did actually have some disappointing performance from their DIY segment. Again, in the full show, and if you're a subscriber, go and check that out. They do split that in terms of, you know, DIY versus contractors. Very important kind of metrics and triggers coming through there. But in aggregate, having a look at the numbers as well as the outlook, the company expects 1%. That's just 1% sales growth for fiscal 2024. And that's certainly not exciting. That's not the kind of number I want to see on a stock where we've seen the kind of multiple expansion that I mentioned in my first point, Ghost. So Mo, having painted a pretty bleak picture on my side of what's going on with these local companies, I guess we have to ask ourselves, are things getting any better? Drum roll, please. No, they're not. Cashbuild has released a trading statement for the 26 weeks ended 24 December, rolls off the tongue. And headline earnings per share is down by between 15% and 25%. So that is not cool. Now, we know that earnings per share is not all that useful because of accounting distortions, but it's down by between 90% and 100% because of impairments in PL hardware, most unfortunate name, more about the losses than the profits here. Yeah? 
that business has really been struggling and other assets within cash build as well. And to qualify that, it's not because they're actually loss making necessarily. They're just loss making in inverted commas versus expectations. They're not doing as well as the company wanted them to. That's why impairments happen. And we can also look at Italtal. System-wide turnover down 2% in the six months to December 2023. Trading profit down 17%. Italtal has a considerable manufacturing business and their operating leverage works against them when revenue goes the wrong way. Headline earnings per share down 15%. Dividend down 16%. In summary, we are dealing with double-digit drops in profits. And these are on you know, share prices that have already lost between a quarter and almost a half of their value in the past five years. So what is going to turn the tide here? Well, at the end of the day, in my opinion, to be long on either of these stocks, you need to believe in the South African middle class having more affordability, so more money, and a willingness to spend on fixed assets. So that means more faith in the South African economy. And you need to believe this at scale. Now, that's a lot of miracles. That's a lot of miracles in a row. And that is just too hard. Yeah, Ghost, maybe it's a good thing we don't do videos on these podcasts because then, you know, our, our listeners would be seeing my facial expression in terms of just the outlook for the South African consumer and, and confidence in the economy. Now, again, as I mentioned up front in my very first point, that's been the real contrast here between the US versus pretty much most global economies. The consumer has been relatively strong. But I think the picture I painted in my numbers section with regards to Home Depot shows you maybe a maturation of that cycle. So maybe it's a question mark of those cycles not being aligned. I mean, I'm concerned that we're moving past the peak kind of consumer cycle in the US. And from a macro perspective, that suggests to me a much more defensive positioning. But let's have a look at share price performance. I love doing this as kind of my last foray. And what I'm going to look at here is just to showcase that differential. As I mentioned in my very first point, now we're going to discuss some numbers. That differential between you know bulk retail versus home improvements. And if we just have a look over the last year, again, if you look at, and again, we had highlighted Home Depot, their main competitor, a smaller company called Lowe's. Uh, and then I wanted to include other big retailers. So we've got Walmart, we've got Costco, we've got other kind of home improvement stores like Canadian Tire and Tractor Supply Company. So over the course of the last year, I'm not going to ask you to guess, right? Over the course of the last year, we've actually seen Costco as the runaway standout performer. I mean, that stock is up over 53% in the last 12 months. So that's been the number one, the podium position. Followed, I wouldn't say closely, but followed by Walmart at 26%. And that is why Home Depot's performance is quite impressive because they are a much more niche player just in home improvements. They come through at around 24%, the number three spot on that podium. Now, that shows you the extent of outperformance within their sector because if we include players like Canadian Tire, that's down 17%, you know, starting to sound like your Ital Tile, like your cash bowl, uh, although in dollars, right? Uh, if we have a look at Tractor Supply Company, that's actually up very marginally 3.5%. So this showing you how Home Depot has been an outperformer. I mentioned Lowe's. That's their main competitor. Lowe's was up 13%. So as a whole, the consumer story has been very strong in the US. It's pretty much been more general retail, but within the home improvement sector, Home Depot has been the performer. Now, I don't want to keep that entire list. So we'll just look at Lowe's and we'll have a look at Home Depot. And if we compare those over the course of the last five years, so let's take a much wider lens here. That's where it really comes through, where you can see it's not always a one-way bet. It's not to say today's winner is going to be tomorrow's winner. And that's why the number section that I gave you as my second point is so important when we look at Home Depot. Because over five years, Lowe's outperforming Home Depot, it's up 122% versus Home Depot at 92%. 
I know these numbers really look quite impressive because they're in dollars uh, versus the South African performance we've indicated to you. But some of the other competitors, and again, your South African stock's down in the solid double digits when you look at it and you adjust for the currency. The important point I want to land on here is that Home Depot was a stock that we really liked when we covered it nine months ago. That's come through. We've had multiple expansion. The underlying fundamentals, that's disappointed us a little bit. And I would say it's looking a little bit expensive. Even if it remains in its bull trend, it's looking expensive. And if you want to play in the home improvement sector, go and have a look at the ratio of Home Depot versus Lowe's. You can actually see how Home Depot over certain periods does outperform Lowe's. And recently, I mean, even if we just have a look at the last year, it has outperformed, but that ratio looks like it's curling over. So for those of you that are active traders, go and have a look at that. There might be something in terms of a relative trade. My overall view on that segment on the market is that I think consumer pressures are going to start building in the U.S. And that is a headwind, not just for home improvement stocks, but for consumer stocks as a whole. I would certainly be positioning a lot more defensive, not terribly exciting on the dividend yield side. I know some of our listeners like that. 2.3%. Yes, I did indicate you know, they have bumped up that dividend, but I'm not going out there buying the stock with what I see as deteriorating fundamentals for a 2.3% dividend yield. Yeah, I think the other point here is just you know, on the South African side, to go and take single stock exposure these days in South Africa, you've got to be beating not just the South African index considerably, otherwise why are you taking the risk, but just look abroad. Just have a look at the US equivalent and ask yourself, you know, depending on your time horizon, short term, the Rand dollar can do all kinds of crazy things. You've got to cross the Forex spread. You know, that can get tricky. But longer term, in most cases, the results actually speak for themselves. And I think Home Depot versus something like Cashbuild or Italtal really tells a story. And it's not necessarily anything the local companies are doing wrong. They are just dealing with an almost impossibly difficult set of operating circumstances. So it's sad to see. It sucks to read the stuff and go through these stats when you live here in South Africa, as I still do. But at the end of the day, my money can go anywhere, and it would be very foolish of me to uh, make my money sing a particular national anthem. I just want it to go where it can make more money for me. Yeah, capital always flows to the path of least resistance. And I mean, it's really a question. Do you want to be a really big fish in a really small and red ocean, red pond, if you want to call it that? Or are you content being a slightly smaller fish in a much bigger pond? And I think that's the compelling case for looking at global stocks versus local stocks. And I think this was a very nice show to contrast a very niche sector. But what do you think? That's where we're going to leave it this week. Hit us up on social media. It's at Magic Markets Pod, one word, at Finance Ghost and at Mohamed Nalla, all on X. Or go and find us on LinkedIn. Pop us a note on there. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you haven't subscribed to Magic Markets Premium yet, there's a lot more detail sitting there. A library that covers over 100 global stocks for only 99 rand a month. Go and check it out. We hope you've enjoyed this. Until next week, same time, same place. Thanks and cheers. Ciao. We thank our sponsor, B2IT, for making this show possible. B2IT is all about making life easier, one robot at a time. If you hate it, automate it. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor.